It really is a joy to minister God's Word to you today, and um, I trust that as I add to all that Daniel brought out last week, um, we'll be caught up in God's purposes. And so if you have a Bible, I wonder if you turn to the book of Deuteronomy. It's a book looking at the, the history of the people of God and how God had guided them. And I want to take you through a message this morning that has been very foundational in my life, but I'll get there shortly. So while you find that, Lord Jesus, we want to celebrate truth. We want to thank you that um, you have done a good and a wonderful work in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the, the stories of old that speak of who you are, that reveal your grace, your love for mankind. And I pray even as we talk about the nations this morning and the revealing of your glory in the nations that you would really stir our hearts. Lord, if I think of the countless uh, millions, in fact billions, that are waiting to hear the good news, I pray, would you do something today for us that would shift us and really position us well in your purposes. Thank you so much, Lord. Be with me. Amen. So Deuteronomy chapter 1, and I'm going to read to you from verse 6. Um, Moses uh, has now there at the time, I think, when they were about to enter the promised land. And um, so they're remembering all that God has done. And um, in verse 5, it says, Beyond the Jordan and in the land of Moab, Moses undertook to explain this law, saying, The Lord your God said to us in Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to their neighbors in the Arabah and in the hill country and in the lowland and in the Negev and by the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give to them and their offspring after them. I want to unpack that this morning, and um, as I say, it's so good to be bringing you, uh, bringing you the Word of God. Lovely to have uh, Rodney and Sue Hagar here as well. I just looked up and saw you. So wonderful. Rodney and Sue are based. Morning, Sue. In uh, our church in Worthing, I've known them for many years. Uh, Rodney has a fabulous prophetic gift, although... Can we use it this morning, or are you on sabbatical? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but really lovely to have you here. They're based in Worthing, in Jubilee Church, Worthing. And also, great to have Jeff back this week. Um, really good. What a wonderful week we've had together. This morning, we're going to focus on the glory of God being known among the nations. You'll know, as uh, Richard read out earlier, our strap line, our heart in this church is to see the glory of God known across London and the nations. That's what we're carrying in our heart. And so I hope that I'll be able to lead you into that because this is God's plan. 
Okay, for every city, village, little hamlet, little towns, rich, poor, is that everyone would encounter and understand the glory of God and His saving power. Just some scriptures, you'll know one that has shaped this church so greatly, Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge, knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I mean, it will. It's going to happen. And even as AJ uh, read out that scripture earlier, it's going to happen. It's going to be. We're going to see that great multitude gathered to him. And so it's a great joy. We can go out with confidence, not on some militant regime, but carrying the promises of God in our hearts. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will will see him. I mean, it's incredible scriptures, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Isaiah wrote, and all nations shall come to your light. I mean, it's just wonderful, wonderful scriptures. Today, I want to share this scripture because this passage has been a foundation in Heather and my life. It's also been a foundation in regions beyond. Much has been built on it. And so I hope it will be one that Trinity stands on. For those of you who know Heather and I, you'll know that we, our home is actually in a little village called Clarence, South Africa. And we have this beautiful, beautiful farmhouse and we love it very much. But over the years, it has um, been almost like a mobile home because whoever built it didn't concentrate on the foundations at all. And um, before we left there, Heather had a few promises from God, and one of them was that God would give her a husband that made her house Heather friendly. And um, so when we arrived from Cape Town, I set about. <laughs> <laughs> For the tape, she just said that he's outstanding and that what a faithful man was that comment in the background. Um, and as we moved in this house, I set about painting this place and I thought, my goodness, there are a lot of cracks in this house. I knocked them out. I, I'm not sure if you get polyfiller in this um, nation, but um, it's a cement stuff we use, same product. I bought bags and then I thought, my goodness, I need another one and another one and everything got filled, painted and it was Heather friendly for about three weeks. And then you'd walk down the passage and look and you think, you can't be serious. And you see this little hairline crack going. Walked into the bedroom one day and the sun was shining through the wall and the house was, was heaving because the foundations hadn't been set in place. The foundations had been dug into the clay layer. So when the rain came, the clay stretched and the lounge would lift up and then it would dry out, it would drop and the, uh, so the house just kept moving. Well, I want to tell you, we've been working really hard in the home and we've been underpinning it, digging down, going through the clay layer about 1.2 meters and then under the house and then pouring in concrete. And we need to do that with the church because if we don't have good understanding of God's heart, we can then end up just lots of cracks all being totally dysfunctional in a biblical way. And so it's so important that we have this understanding. 
Now Moses here, he has brought the people out of Egypt, and you'll know the story. He has successfully crossed the Red Sea. They've embraced the hardship of Sinai, and I'm not sure where you believe Mount Sinai is, whether it's in the Sinai Peninsula or across the water in Saudi Arabia, which I think is most probably the most likely place personally. I climbed all the way up the, to the top of um, Mount Sinai in the, in the Sinai Desert. And then I did some research afterwards and they said, it's unlikely that's the place. And I thought, my goodness, I just went to the top. But it was lovely up there anyway to watch the sunrise over uh, Sinai and think, wow, you know, a million plus people could have camped here if this was the place. And so he brought them through. And on the journey, you will know that Moses and this tribe of people called by God, they lacked water, they lacked food at times, they challenge after challenge but for three and a half months they come out of Egypt and this journey begins in the purposes of God in the desert of Shur and they they camped and then on to Elam and they found the waters the oasis of refreshing in God then it was onto the bitter waters of, of Shur as well where, where God you know restored them and brought them through much grumbling, much hardship. I don't know if you've ever, those of us in leadership, if you read the story and you think, my goodness, Moses, this was a tough one. <laughs> what an assignment. And then it was on to Rephidim where they suddenly faced this mighty army. But God gives them victory under the hand of Joshua. And you'll know that Moses has his hands lifted up as they see victory. And can I just make a comment? Because as I looked at this years ago and studied this particular passage of Scripture as God spoke, so often I hear Christians saying, oh, I'm going through a desert period. And I think, cool. Be happy about it. Because in the desert, the Israelites fought two battles. When they got to the Promised Land, 38 battles. And so, so often we think, oh, Lord, take me through this so that I can get there. And you realize, no, when we start to work, walk in the true purposes of God, that's when true spiritual uh, warfare begins and we need to learn to overcome. Yeah. And so they faced many battles, but it was only later under Joshua's leadership in the promised land that the work really began. And from slavery, this people had become a community. We read about that, and they saw signs and wonders as they gathered on Mount Sinai. You know that the cloud descends, Moses goes up, and all the people had to stay behind markers because this was the mountain of the Lord. How wonderful grace is to sing those songs. Thank you so much for the worship this morning. Just to sing about the grace of God. Yet these people don't cross the markers. They put these markers all the way around the mountain. Don't go near because of the power and the purity, the holiness of God. And now through Jesus and grace, we can come in freely and enjoy him. How wonderful it is. And God intervened. He provided. He did the miraculous. And it's here at this mountain 
that the people of God gather to him. And Moses is describing this. He said, we were there. And it's for some 11 months that after this leaving Egypt, traveling for three and a half months, battles, hunger, thirst, victory, overcoming, they finally arrive. And at the base of, of Mount Sinai, they get to settle. 11 months. How long have we been in this building? It must be close to that. I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. Just thought of that. Don't let me forget, Lord. So it's here they camp. And you can imagine the one point odd million people camping at the base of Mount Sinai, suddenly thinking, we're out of Egypt. We crossed the sea. We overcame. They would have really settled. They set up camp became a community. I always, when I look at this scripture, I think of Heather and um, how she sets up home no matter where we've lived around the world. We arrived in Dubai and sadly Dubai is a city where many people just camp because you're there for a short while then you're going to move on. Not the Olivers. We moved and along came our pictures and this and no, we've got to have curtains, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And once again, it's got to be Heather friendly, but wonderful for us as a family. And they set up camp and you can imagine them thinking, oh, thank you, Lord, we're here. But then comes this word. Break camp and advance. Break camp and advance. And you can imagine Moses. He's before the Lord. They settled. People are finding their own. They're becoming a community. And then comes this word, break camp and advance. In 1992, I received a phone call from my pastor. I was a businessman and um, had my, my small company and my phone rang on my desk and it's none other than the intimidating Jeff Kidwell on the other end of the line. Intimidating? <laughs> no. And he said, hey Steve, you got your own company, you can take leave when you like, you've got a really nice minibus thing, there are a whole group of us who want to go to a conference. Is there any chance of driving us up? So I said, cool, that sounds wonderful. What's it about? He said, ah, it's a group of leaders gathering. And so chatted to Heather. She said, sure. We had two little children at that stage, very tiny. And um, collected these guys, 19 hours driving right across from Cape Town all the way around Lesotho and then down into what's known as the Southern Drakensberg Mountains, beautiful place. And um, it was fun. Um, one thing we've realized about my dear friend Jeff is that he can make you laugh a lot. So this week we have laughed. It's been such fun. Thank you so much. And all the way there we had fun and I was the driver. And um, we arrive at this place. It's a big marquee and about 300 leaders from another church movement meeting. And um, I was a bit taken aback. You know, I was a new guy on the block and not quite understanding all of this. And we entered the marquee the next morning and God was there. You could just sense it. And I'll never forget the leader of that movement. His name was Dudley Daniels. He read out of the scripture and he said, 
We have camped long enough. It's time to break camp and advance into the nations as God promised. The word arrested me, and I'll never forget the moment at the end. I don't know if you can remember this, Jeff, where he said, if you today feel God speaking to you, that he wants to put something in your heart for the nations, come down to the front. I was sitting right at the back with all the bus drivers. You know, they, they got the line, the, the, the seats right in the back corner. And my heart burnt for the purposes of God. Because for the first time, I'd, I'd seen that church wasn't just about gathering on a Sunday to make us feel better, that we can cope with the week that we were going into. That God had these great purposes that all He would do across the nations would be done through the church. But what I heard that morning was a message we have camped long enough. And so I used my rather long pins. I pretended I didn't know where Jeff was sitting and the leaders. And I snuck past and I believe that I was one of the first to the front that morning and saying, God, I don't know what this means. But here I am. I'm willing to break camp. You know, in a few weeks' time, maybe next week or so, we're going to show a, a DVD for our, our next offering. Um, and in preparation for it, we, we do lots of recordings to give everybody an idea over four and a half minutes, which is quite ridiculous, an idea of what we've been doing over the last year. And as I was preparing for this DVD to be made for the churches, I wrote an email to all the leaders in regions beyond, those who oversee clusters of churches. And I said, could you answer nine questions for me? I'll read them out. Could you send me a list of new nations we have reached in 2019? Could you also send me a list of new churches we have planted together in the present year? Thirdly, can, I, can you please list all training initiatives that you've done outside of the local church? So in other words, for a greater expression. Number four, did you send out any mission teams? Number five, did we start or did you start any new works among the poor in the nations? Number six, can you list all new churches that have been adopted into our family of regions beyond? Number seven, did you reach any unreached people groups. Number eight, what other areas of breakthrough um, have you had that are not mentioned above? And lastly, potential nations and areas opening up. I ended up with three pages. If anybody had said on that day in 1992, that we could achieve this in a lifetime, I would have cashed it in and said, give it to me. If this is what I've called to do, Lord, I will take it. But this wasn't a lifetime. This was one year. It is 104 
new areas of breakthrough. You can read them later. <laughs> Wonderful. 23 new churches were planted this last year. Seven new nations opened up. 28 plus training events. Nine mission teams, in other words, teams sent for a purpose. Five new works, sorry, eight new works among the poor. 19 new churches adopted. Two closed nations reached. Three new areas of breakthrough would include a new building in Lusaka, new sphere developed, and two-thirds of the Seven Springs Training Center built in KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. Five new nations lined up. Listen to some of these. We planted churches in Lusaka. We planted a church in Crystal Palace. You all know where that is? We planted a church in Spokane, USA. We planted a Russian-speaking church in the UAE. We planted five new churches in India. They didn't send the names. I think they know how useless I am with some of the names. We planted a church in Mbaza in Tanzania, in Nzasa in Tanzania, in Babagala. Isn't that a great name? What church do you go to? I go to Babagala. <laughs> in Hambane in Mozambique, three churches. Tofu in Mozambique, Mount Ilef in South Africa, King Williamstown in South Africa, Dimbaza in South Africa, Grace City Church in Kalakun in Philippines, Kalukan, sorry, Philippines, an Urdu-speaking church in the UAE. Urdu is the, 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 the language of Pakistan. Uh, church in Bujumbura, Burundi, Grace City Upper North Church in Sydney, and a church on the island of Sequim in the USA, and so it goes and goes. Brothers and sisters, God is about an incredible work in the nations. Regions Beyond is a tiny part of that. This might look admirable, but two weeks ago I was in Cyprus. There was one man who's planting 40, I'm not going to say where, but 14 churches every day in his movement. The gospel is going. Don't worry about what you read in the newspaper. It's the purposes of God. Amen. Yes, Lord. And so we see Moses is at Mount Sinai. They've been through such tough times. I don't know what time I started or what time I'm supposed to finish. Daniel, help me quickly. Thank you very much. They, they're camping at Mount Sinai. They've been through so much and it's time just to rest and to think, we're leaving the desert behind. We've now got a camp structure. There'll be people planting and getting ready. But then the word of the Lord comes to him, the word of the Lord. And it says to him, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. And I want to say to you as Trinity Church this morning, that is our calling. You know, the wonderful thing is with modern day society, globalization, that we don't have to go to the ends of the earth to reach unreached people groups. How many in London? 38. 38 
unreached people groups in London. Isn't that amazing? And we carry the answer. We heard that from Richard earlier. We carry it. We've got it. We carry it in us. And you know, it's so easy to settle. It's so easy to, to set up conditions where as a community, as a church, and I want to say how proud I am of Trinity. Wherever I go, I champion what we're doing. But even for us, it's so easy in London to say, hey, we've got our space, we've got a growing community, we've got great friends, their relationships, we do this stuff, we've got great preaching, worship is brilliant, and it's so easy to say, okay, this is quite cool. Let's just keep growing now. And instead of having a view that lifts its eyes to the purposes of Jesus, it comes and it becomes narrow and narrow until all we do is talk about how was last week? Is this week better? Was that message better? Can we do this better? Instead of getting a glimpse of God's purposes in the nations. And you can imagine Moses thinking, Lord, do you know what we've been through to get here? God says, but this is, this is not the promised land. This is not what I have in mind for you. I've got something ends of the earth, Moses, you carrying it, you carrying the ends of the earth, the purposes of God in you and your community. And so he goes around the camp and he says, tell everybody, we're breaking camp. Not a comfortable thing to do. I can remember in Clarence sitting with Heather one evening, we had just, um, we were about 12 years old as a church. It was wonderful. We were multicultural. Um, it was glorious. The whole community um, was um, being changed. Our whole region, I think you have might have heard me say, a whole region of Southern Africa was, they changed the name of it to the name of our church because of the impact the church was having in the community. And we were sitting on our front veranda one evening um, and uh, we were talking about all God had done, saying, did we ever believe that God could do this? And Heather said to me, one thing's for sure, though, I could never do another big move. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that. And I didn't say, oh, come on, you know, you, you called to this, you know. I didn't say, this is what God says. I said to her, as a husband, I fully understand. A month later, six weeks later, no longer here, Dubai is waiting. And I remember saying to Lord when he spoke to me, you've got to be kidding me. You can't be serious. Dubai, Middle East, I don't even know what's happening there. And I took Heather for a walk, and uh, we sat under the trees, and she'd been practicing for ages. No, 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 because she knew what was coming. I think I've told you the story. And I told her what God had put in my heart, and I'm sitting thinking, waiting for that little two-letter word. And I got a three-letter word. Yes, I could do that. And then she said, why am I saying yes? <laughs> But you know, God puts something in us as believers when we align ourselves to His purposes that His ways catch us up and we're able to keep breaking camp and advancing.
How do you get stuck? Firstly, a lack of understanding of God's greater purposes. When you don't read your Bible as a great big story of God, where you dip in and out in little passages and you don't see this is a great narrative of a God who loves all mankind, who reveals himself from chapter 1 right through to the very last pages, making himself known, knowing this is a great journey that he's caught us up in, that Moses and his tribe played their part, and here we are all these years later playing our part. And so it goes until one day we will be gathered up in the multitude and we will gaze on him. But if you lose that, so you lose that lack of understanding of God's greatest purposes. Secondly, a lack of faith. We don't hear the word and allow it to take root and produce belief because faith comes from hearing when that word penetrates your heart and you say, that's what God wants me to do. When you don't allow it to arrest, arrest you. Because, number three, a lack of willingness to embrace the cost. A lack of willingness to embrace the cost. I remember it's lovely to have my youngest son, our youngest son, Adam, here. And um, when I spoke to Heather about Dubai, she had to get him to the dentist. So she said, I want to talk to you so much more, but how am I ever going to process this? I've got to take Adam to the dentist. I've got to go. So she left knowing she's about to move to Dubai and go to the dentist. I mean, those are quite tough ones to handle all at the same time. The only thing she was pleased about that it was Adam going to the dentist. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, she arrived in town and he had really nice teeth. He'll give you a smile just now. Um, <laughs> and he, yeah, he goes, they're sitting in a restaurant and Heather's head is spinning because she just heard this news. God's calling us the Middle East and it feels like... And Adam says, Mom, what are we doing here in this little town? Heather said, what do you mean? He said, well, what are we doing here? She said, well, where do you want to go? And he said, I'm about to buy. Yeah. Heather said, what? Why did you say that? And he said, what's up? <laughs> But it's costly as we move, as we expand, as we grow, as the numbers grow, as your role changes, all these things. But fourthly, we can get stuck if there's not obedience to the call of God. Leaders often ask me, how do you grow a church? How do you, how do you grow a church? Be obedient. Do what God said for you as a church. What did he say to you? Be obedient. Because if you're obedient, Jesus grows his church. He'll send you people. I say, okay, try and get my head around that. Number five, fear can hold us back. What if this? What if that? God is so good. So good. And very lastly, sentimentality. Ooh, this is a big one for Trinity. We've got a move coming up soon. God's got his purposes. He's got the, put the nations. He's put the city in our heart and he's put the nations. Now he's saying, Victoria, there's a line. I want you to move. Move? Move? 
Really? Does that mean I've got to take the underground as well as the overground? And you say, oh, when we're in Trinity, it was so lovely. What's so special? You know, the coffee. I oh, know, wait, the coffee's going with us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But when we live as a people who know that we're on a journey with God, that He wants us here, and He's going to influence this part of Victoria, and we're going to leave something behind, and now we're going across to Waterloo. I've seen so many different things on the group, I've forgotten which one we're going to, but it's Waterloo, and we're going there. Now we have the opportunity to go and influence there, and so it'll go, and so it'll go. But as soon as you stop embracing the purposes of God, and you start to settle and say, oh no, you know, maybe I'll just see if I can find a church closer to where we used to meet, and you lose that purpose. And this is what Moses faced. But praise God, the people didn't settle. One of the, there are a few stories in the Bible that I've used in leadership at times that scare me. The story of Gideon story of Gideon, where the people of God, they're faced with an impossible task. We have one too. I forget, there are 4,600 people groups that are still unreached in the world. And God says, go and reach them. And as Daniel said, next year, we're going to have a program of catching all our churches up. We're right through from the 1st of January through to the 31st of December. We're going to pray 24-7 for the nations. And we're going to ask churches to choose a week, a day, a month, whatever they want to do, and pray right through. And we're going to pass the baton from India to London to Africa to Brazil and round like that, where we'll continue to pray for those that God's called us to reach. And now I've forgotten what point I was trying to make. Thank you very much, Jeff. I'm glad you're taking notes. No, you were on the way on the train. But this is the purpose of God. This is the very purpose. And we stay with what He wants to do. We press into it. And we can't get sentimental or live in fear or not respond to what he wants us to do. So Moses has to say, okay, people, we're breaking camp. And praise God he did. Praise God. Praise God that people went to the nations. We write on the border of Lesotho, the nation of Lesotho. It's in the heart of South Africa. It's a landlocked country. It's called the Mountain Kingdom. It was established by King Mushweshwe. Peaceful people. But you know, he realized when he looked at the settlers that came, there was something different about them. There was blessing on them. So he investigated and he said, what is this blessing? It wasn't their guns. Wasn't their power, wasn't their military, it wasn't the way they dressed or anything like that. It was their faith. And so he invited Irish missionaries, Craig, in. And the Irish missionaries invited us, said, Come and teach our people. And the nation grew. So great, grateful to people who've gone, broken camp. 
So here are a few ways we can break together, camp together. I'll give you just five. I've got many, but... Okay, firstly, just having a godly mindset, knowing that that isn't just a fancy strap line with a really nice shiny light on it to make us look cool or complete, but it's a calling, calling to this great city. I tell you, this morning coming into London and the sun was shining, I know it's my birthday, I'm very cool at the moment, but seeing London and feeling so moved by God, you know, wow, the Thames waiting for the tide to come in. We had such promises this last week up in Gloucester of God doing something in this nation. We called out to God for a revival. And you think, come on, Lord. There's a quickening. So number one, a change of mindset. I'm going to count. I'm going to play my part. Secondly, prayer. Prayer. Devoting ourselves to the person. Lord, you promised. You said a great multitude. Here we are. Give us our people. Wonderful. Thirdly, step forward and join one of join in what God is doing here. Give yourself, not just attending. Daniel, team, we're with you. You've got my heart, you've got my time, you've got my finances, we're going to change London with you. And then through it, we go to the ends of the earth. Richard and Chris are going to be traveling with me quite shortly, I think in two weeks' time. We are going to Mexico together. Quite something, eh? That's Rodney, you've had great impact there. Thank you so much. You really did bless them. We're going to go build on a prophetic foundation. And we've got a group of churches starting to work together. And we're going to go and gather them and let them understand who we are. So step forward. Let's go and enjoy God. Number four, you might not be in a position to go and be involved in things, but pray. Pray. Just give yourself Get more involved. Release finance, whatever you do. We're going to have our offering very shortly, Regions Beyond Offering. And last year, this church punched not only just above its weight, but seriously. Can I just... What was achieved because of what we did together? There are people all over the world rejoicing that we stood together in faith. Let's get ready for that. And then very lastly, maybe, hold on to your seat, maybe the nations are waiting for you. As we start to pray for the people groups, I was so blessed. I've got the... the um, an app called the Joshua Project. If you haven't got it on your phone, I really recommend it. They've done such great work. And every day a people group comes up for you to pray for. And I think it was on Monday or Tuesday last week, the Nubian tribe um, in the, the desert of uh, Jordan area came up. And then I remembered that was the tribe that Paul went to after he was saved. And he caused a lot of problems there, as he refers to in Scripture. But that's where his ministry started. And here they came up. In this day, they're an unreached people group. 
It's incredible because history, you know, tribes come and God comes, then wars and oppression, displacement, the gospel is lost, and we've got to go back in and reestablish it again. And I think, come on. And maybe as you pray next year and we have that 24-7, Daniel, I don't know how we'll do that as Trinity. That'll be fun, huh? But as we're praying and we're asking God, maybe God's going to move your heart and think, oh my goodness, God wants us to go there. So Moses goes to his people and he says to them, break camp. I know you've been through a lot. I know that we faced wars, famine, hardship, but isn't God faithful? Yes. When you get thirsty, will you remember the rock? Will you remember the rock that opened up and gave water for over a million people, I think it was? I mean, that's quite something, eh? Just rock, water. Thank you. <laughs> Enough water for a million people. That is a lot of water. God is generous. As we go forward, there is a promised land that we're living for. Have you ever wondered how Abraham managed to lead his family out of Ur of the Chaldeans right across to a land he didn't really know where it was? Because he had seen something. Yes. God had shown him the city of God. He saw what's to come. He saw the end of the journey. And when you see that in God, read Revelation 19. Love it. When the family of God is ushered into the presence of Jesus on that day, the whole family comes. What a day it's going to be. I dream about these things. I lead a movement of churches. And so wherever I go in the world, I think, oh, here's another one, Lord. You know, and I think, here comes the church from Kalukan in Philippines on that island. Here they come, and, they, da, 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 and in they walk. Can you imagine? Multitude, one after another. Here comes Trinity. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. It was a bit of a damp squib. <laughs> here comes Trinity. Oh, praise God, we're getting there. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this beautiful community that you are forging together as one. We thank you for the gifts that are in this room. We thank you that so many different tribes and people groups are already represented here. But now today, Lord, we ask you, Keep adding to us. Yes, Keep adding, Lord. Keep shaping us. Give us big hearts, Lord, to receive everyone you send through our door, everyone we touch, everyone we hand a card to. I pray for that, Lord. I ask you for it. Father, keep us mobile. Let us never camp, Lord, at the loss of all the promises you've spoken over us. Father, I pray over us as we go into a time of giving shortly and then into a time of prayer for the unreached people groups. I want to pray you would move our hearts. Move our hearts. Lord, I pray in this community 
there would be a great big foundation stone that underpins Trinity Church London that speaks of your heart for the nations. You said to Peter after that great breakthrough in Capernaum, come on, no, we can't stay there, Peter. We can't stay in your hometown. We've got to go to the next village, the next town, so that I can preach there also. Father, put that in our hearts. Let us never settle. Won't you stand, please? Can we have the band? I'm going to leave these pages up here, and if you want to come and take a photograph, you can, because it'll fuel your prayers. This is remarkable to read. This next year, I love the last one, Potential Nations and Areas Opening Up, Japan, South Korea, another vast area of Pakistan, Tarlak and Palawan in the Philippines. When I preached in the Philippines, I know they're made up of many islands, and I can remember saying to them, have faith that through your church we can reach every island in the Philippines. And then I thought, I wonder how many islands there are. So I asked, and they said, 7,162. <laughs> That's how many islands there are. And then I was quite pleased to hear that quite a number are not inhabited, because they're quite tiny little. But here's two more. Sierra Leone. Do you remember that, that nation destroyed by war and cutting off people's hands and feet? We now have a presence there. Guinea Conakry and Edinburgh, Scotland. You. Lift your hands with me. Let me just ask you a question as you stand before the Lord. If you found yourself camping, I wonder if you could just say, Lord, I'm happy to break camp. I'm happy to break camp. Hear the cry of our hearts, Lord. Pray of a Trinity this morning. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would put something in our hearts that will never be taken away. That, Lord, we would be such a blessing to this city, to this island, and, Lord, to the far ends of the earth. Thank you, Lord. I ask you, Lord, I ask you today, I ask you, please let us play our part in reducing the, un the number of unreached people groups across the United Kingdom and in this city. I pray for it, Lord. Please, Jesus, come and do that. I bless you, Lord, and pray that you would take us on. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. Amen. Yes. amen.